Why do you have any belief that you stand a chance to win this nomination, let alone the presidency? Most of the people that are in elective office in Washington, D.C. have held public office before. How's that working for you? Herman Cain, Solutions for a Better America. This is your host, Herman Cain. Thank you for joining us. Because you know we're going to tell you the truth. Give you the facts. Because we want you to be better informed. To help make this a better United States of America. Breaking news. Breaking news. Every day with Herman Cain. And the most connected man in Washington. Jamie Dupree. Hello, Jamie. What part of New Hampshire are you in? <laughs> I'm in Exeter, Herman, where we're finally, uh, finally waiting for the uh, actual votes. Instead of paying attention to polls and what-ifs, we you know, get down just you. like we did in Iowa. I think uh, for me as a reporter, I think this day is the worst of all because you got to wait all day long. In fact, sometimes I argue it's better to come home on a primary day because yeah. at least you can travel and not miss anything. Or when it's warmer, uh, and I did this a lot in 2008, I've tried to play golf on a primary day and at least just sort of, you know, get out and do something. A yep. day like today here in New Hampshire is even more bizarre uh, because it's the first opportunity really for candidates to go to the polls. I mean, yeah, they were able to go to the caucus sites last week, but you can't hit too many. But today, instead of holding rallies and stuff like that or going to diners, you can actually drop by polling locations. Well, it's the biggest... Um, I won't use the term on the radio, but you can imagine what I'd say, because you've got not only all the local stations from Boston and some from New York and others who have sent people from around the country and their cameras, you've got the network cameras, you've got the uh, just the average Joes who are out there videotaping, you've got the international press. You can't imagine how many foreign uh, press members there are here in a place like New Hampshire for this. Yeah. And it's just an absolute zoo. And the candidates put out these long lists of they'll be you know at this polling place on Elm Street, they'll be at this one in Manchester, this one in Concord, and it's just this huge seen with photographers and everything and sometimes the poor voters i mean they just get run over if they're at the wrong polling place at the wrong time by the media <laughs> throng that comes through i just saw a picture that john Kasich's campaign put up of him just being swarmed by all kinds of cameras today and so you know as we look at it and as things uh wound down yesterday there's no there's no weather problems here today we did have a bad weather day yesterday in fact i have to say after uh, taking a long time to go home last night. I was down in Nashua where I ended up at a Rubio event late. He drew like 500 people. And when I got out, I mean, the roads were a mess. Everybody was in. I was surprised he got that many people. But the, the polls, the daily polls have certainly shown a drop for Rubio since his bumble, fumble, whatever you want to call it, in the debate on Saturday night. Uh, the only question is, how is this going to sh shake out? If the polls are correct, and I say if for a logical yes. reason, oh, yeah. because last week they weren't, eight years ago they were not. I, mean, I had somebody send me an angry note this morning on Twitter, you know, how come you only you, you talk about Iowa? That doesn't apply to New Hampshire. And, right. Well, it right. does apply to New Hampshire, and I'll point out eight years ago is the perfect example. At this time eight years ago, I would have guaranteed to you that uh, Barack Obama was the favorite uh, by about four points or so over Hillary Clinton, and she ended wow. up winning by about four points in wow. and, and a result that I think a lot of people still struggle to explain. So, you know, 24 hours from now, we'll have a better idea that, that the question is, if Trump wins, I mean, that's a big story in itself, but yeah. almost a bigger story is what happens with the people after him. You know, if it's a jumble of people all separated by hardly anything, then there's a reason that I've gotten emails that say, Governor Christie's schedule in South Carolina, Jeb Bush's schedule in South Carolina, John Kasich's schedule in South Carolina. You know, everybody says they're going to go to South Carolina in the Palmetto State. We'll see whether or not uh, the, the voters winnow the field tonight, Herman. South Carolina will be on what date? 
That is, see, that's a trick question, actually, because... Really? Uh, yeah, <laughs> it is. And I'll tell you why. Actually, what date is Nevada and what date is South Carolina depends on, on the party. Oh, so, that's right. That's uh, right. The, the Republicans vote in South Carolina on Saturday the 20th. That's the right. The Democrats vote in South Carolina on Saturday the 27th. The Got Republicans you. have a caucus in Nevada on the 23rd. It's a Tuesday of February. The Democrats have their event in Nevada on Saturday the 20th, the same day that the Republicans are in South Carolina. So we have a little split coming up here where the two parties will not be sort of in the same place again until the March 1st primaries, the SEC plus the other six. So uh, every uh, for the most part, the Republicans will go south because they have a debate in Greenville, South Carolina this Saturday night. The Democrats, actually, uh, Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders will go to Milwaukee on Thursday night for a debate on PBS. So that'll be their next big event. They'll uh, go to that. And then I just saw that Hillary Clinton will be in Nevada this weekend and then in South Carolina next week. Is Nevada a caucus state like our? Uh, Nevada is caucus. a caucus state for the Republicans, yes, and I and I, keep meaning, okay. and I keep meaning to look and see what it is for the Democrats, and I just can't remember right now. My brain is sort of clouded from the last couple of weeks. Uh, let's see. I don't have it just right up here. So I'll, I'll just give you that half answer right now and say it is for the Republicans. And, and that is one, actually, again, that you know, you'll have to have some organization and some groundwork, and I think that's the big question up here. It's a good segue into what's going to go on in New Hampshire. Uh, there was an interesting little piece of data that was put out by the folks at Monmouth University who do a lot of polling. And they asked their voters in New Hampshire, have you been contacted by a, a campaign, and a Republican or a Democratic campaign? So in that sense, have you been getting phone calls from either the, the Clinton-Sanders people or you know uh, all the other Republicans? The people who have been contacted the most, according to this data, contacted by a campaign, are uh, they say that they, it was the Hillary Clinton campaign that made the most calls. In fact, 39% of Democratic respondents said they'd heard from uh, Clinton camp. 13% of Republicans said they'd heard from uh, the Clinton camp. Sanders was right behind there. And then who do you think the most active Republican campaign was to contact voters? So Jeb interesting Bush. data. Jeb Bush, followed yep. by John Kasich, followed yep. by Ted Cruz, followed yep. by Marco Rubio, and then Donald Trump. And see then after you, that, Christy Fiorina, Carson, yeah. and Paul. So. See, what you just described, I saw a report this morning, uh, it's, it parallels who spent the most amount of money. Yeah. And, you know, it's, again, this is a test for Trump, in, right. in a sense, because he does not have an advanced ground game. But because of the split amongst everybody else, it may work to his advantage, and he may, still may be able to win. I think the, what did I read this morning? The, the smallest amount of the vote ever won by somebody in, in the Republican primary for a winning margin, I believe, was Pat Buchanan when he beat Bob Dole in 96. And I think Buchanan only got about 27% of the vote, if I remember correctly. i got to double-check that stat. But it wasn't very much. I remember being up here for that race. You had not only Dole, I think you had Steve Forbes and Lamar Alexander and a couple other people. So it was a decent-sized field for the Republicans uh, that, um, uh, that year. So... We'll see. Uh, you know, the, the Rubio thing, obviously, it has had an impact. But again, it, it's hard to tell how much and the voters will be able to tell us that with hard numbers later today. Yeah. Now, you said that they weren't really holding rallies, but are they allowed to go? Do they have a distance barrier that they can get close to yeah. the uh, voting to the locations? Polls, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I don't know whether it's like 100 feet or something like that. Yeah. So you can't get too close. Exactly. Um, whenever I go to the polls here in New Hampshire, it never fails. There, You know, I always stand outside and I stand a distance away and there's always some poll worker that comes over and chides me for being too close. <laughs> and I always say, you know, I look, I'm, I, I'm not that close. I'm 100 feet. Right. And so I walk and go further back, find whatever. I don't want to get in any trouble with 
somebody that thinks they know the, the rules of the laws and they don't. But yeah, they, they tend to stay back because, yes, you're not supposed to interfere. You know, like there's a limit probably wherever uh, you live as a listener to uh, how close you can be to hand out literature. If you ever think about going to the polls, you always notice that the tables and all the people handing you stuff, it's sort of a little ways away from the door that goes into oh, yeah. the, you know, whether yeah. it's the library, the church or whatever, where you go vote. And uh, the same thing would apply to the candidates as well. Well, here in Georgia, one time in my county, the poll Nazis, they actually had someone take a sweatshirt and turn it inside out because it was it had either Democrat or Republican uh-huh. on it. And you couldn't wear that. You couldn't wear that in. Yep. They literally had to reverse it such that it wouldn't be shown. Sure. No advertising. Nothing, for no advertising allowed. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the way all over the country. And um, the, the other question that continues to come up is. The states that are proportional versus the states where winner take all. And is it true that Iowa, New Hampshire, and South Carolina are all proportional? Yes. In fact, okay. uh, t- tonight, um, well, South Carolina, South Carolina is a little different. There, I think they're winner take all partially by congressional district. So if you win. Okay the votes in a congressional district, then you would be able to come up with those. Uh, For example, uh, tonight on the Republican side, there is a 10% threshold for winning delegates. So if you get less than 10% tonight on the Republican side, you are not getting any delegates for you're not qualifying for any you follow me there yeah so so it's a it's a very interesting kind of thing you will see that threshold in a number of states as we go up to them further on so again 20 delegates available tonight for the republicans but it's proportional so if you don't get over 10 percent you are therefore not eligible for any of those delegates south carolina it's by congressional district so they take the vote instead of statewide they take it by each of the seven congressional districts for the republicans and each of those districts is worth three delegates uh... so it's uh... you know it's it's a whole different way of doing it in terms of uh... uh... you know in terms of coming out with everything so it's very very interesting the way that there's different strategies in different states when we get uh, there's some that are called winner take most that is, the statewide oh. pot of delegates goes to the person that gets the most vote, but then there's another pot of delegates that is distributed by congressional districts. So it's very confusing, but when we get, especially when we get to the Super Tuesday day, March the 1st, we'll have to start going all over all the different uh, uh, varieties of, of how to hand out delegates. But for tonight, the first thing to remember is you got to get into double digits to qualify for delegates on the Republican side, that is, 10% threshold, and then you start divvying them up from there. Now, on the Democratic side, you know, again, I'll say this. Uh, I'll keep saying it. Eight years ago, Hillary Clinton was not supposed to win here. She won here. I'm not saying yeah. the same thing is going to happen tonight, but I just think you cannot forget history. Uh, on the other hand, as I've been up here for the last week, I just I just don't see it for Hillary Clinton. You know, I, I, I feel the same way about the ground feeling that I felt in Iowa, except the difference was in Iowa, you could tell Clinton had the advantage. Here, Bernie Sanders is from next door, and I think that's a big deal, and also the voters seem to be more uh, more siding with him. One a final thought, Herman, I saw on the front page of the, uh, the New York Times today, they had an interview with somebody who was trying to decide whether to vote between Bernie Sanders and Jeb Bush. How about that for something? <laughs> and uh, a colleague of mine just wrote me and said he just interviewed a voter who was, split, uh, was going to the polls and was split between Jeb Bush and Hillary. So you can see you know, some odd combinations yeah. here in New Hampshire today. As well as some people being confused. Uh, Well, there's that too, yes. (laughs) Thanks, Jamie. See you tomorrow, Herman. Stay warm. You're listening to the Herman Cain Show.